The game is over when the horn sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 6.30 chance. The L.A. Kings beat the Edmonton Oilers 4-0 tonight. David Riddick with a 27-save shutout, his first clean sheet of the season as the Oilers managed just one win in the three games on this road trip. They're back at it at home against Detroit on Tuesday. Hope you're having a great Saturday night, eight minutes after 11, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Rob, scoreless after the first period, and then the Kings take control of this game. 17-22 left in the second period. Dubois scores on the power play. And then just 49 seconds later, Lewis set up by Byfield on a two-on-one. So the Oilers were then trying to come from behind. And David Riddick and some pretty dogged play by his uh, teammates in front of him just uh, wouldn't let the Oilers get that goal that maybe would have got them back in it. Yeah, the Oilers don't. The LA Kings are not a team you want to chase. Uh, they're playing with a desperation right now, and they had fantastic goaltending. The, you know, the first goal was one of the few goals that we've seen in the last six to ten weeks that has gone through Stuart Skinner. And then right after that, uh, Connor McDavid gets stripped of the puck at the blue line and turns into an odd man break and a wonderful play by Quinton Byfield. And all of a sudden, it's 2 nothing. And then after that, it became the David Riddick show. Um, I know that Bob was not happy with the effort of the Oilers tonight, but I, I thought the Kings were the better team, but I didn't think that the Oilers played horribly. I thought that they had a number of good looks. I thought that the LA Kings might have played with more desperation, and they got the save. David Riddick was outstanding. So uh, I believe there were games that the Oilers won on their win streak that they didn't play as well as they played tonight. Tonight, they just played an incredibly desperate team with fantastic goaltending. Well, the Kings coming out of their all-star break and bye week, and they had a coaching change, so they were looking to respond. I mean, they did win their final game under Todd McClellan, but they've been going through a, a really rough stretch. I mean, three wins in their previous 17 games coming into this one. And I, I thought, you know, down 2 nothing. There were chances there for the Oilers. I, I mean, I'm sure, you know, you look at a shutout, okay, you would you would have loved to get some more chances and obviously a couple goals, but uh, certainly the save on Perry. I mean, there's still nine minutes left in the second period when that happens. Drysdale makes a great pass to Perry, and that line, I thought, especially had a good second period. Great save. Kane hacks at the rebound. Riddick keeps that out as well. I mean, that then, it's, then the Kings, instead of being up, 2 nothing on those two quick goals. Then it's like, well, we got two quick ones, and then Edmonton comes back six or seven minutes later and gets one. And then, Rob, the Oilers had that power play to start the third period. It carried over from the end of the second, and the Kings had that play. They looked like they were going to clear it, and the puck hopped, and one of their guys hacked at it, and it actually bounced back closer to the L.A. net, and Hyman chipped it down low to Nugent Hopkins. He's all alone in front for that quick wrister, and, and Riddick came up with the huge save there. So when the Oilers did have glimmers, and, and they were around the net at times, it, it was just Riddick and, uh, and L.A. taking away some great Oiler opportunities. Yeah, you go back to the, the second period. You're right, it's 2 nothing, and 
Perry has wide open net. Wonderful play by Drysaddle. Save. The Kane gets everything on his. Another save. Leon Drysaddle put one off the crossbar. He, he fluttered it. He didn't get everything he wanted, but it still hit the crossbar. McDavid hit the crossbar in one of those ones where he tries to score short side. They had a, a number of good looks. And on their power play, uh, I mean, five, six, seven grade A scoring chances on their power play. I give credit to Riddick. I give credit to the LA Kings with their desperation of blocking shots. I mean, every time Bouchard wound up, there was somebody laying down in front of him. That's gutsy because it's going to hurt. Uh, so if the Oilers get any of those to fall in the net for them, it's a one-goal game going into the third. Uh, the LA Kings have a great penalty killing. Uh, they've got some, you know, the Kopitars, Denos, uh, and then on the back end, they've got good defense, including Dowdy and fantastic goaltending. And that, really the difference in this hockey game was that when the Oilers had a chance to pull within one on their power play, the LA Kings were able to kill it off every time. And the LA Kings did their best to give the Oilers chances, kept taking too many men on the ice penalties, but the Oilers power play was an, unable to, to put that puck in the net. So this was a game that, yeah, I don't think the Oilers were as good as the Kings, but I, they, they weren't terrible. It's just that they played a very, very desperate team that needed the points more and played like it. Well, and the LAPK, Rob, number one in the National Hockey League, and uh, they caused the Oilers to go 0 for 4 with the man advantage tonight. The power play update for Conlon Motorsports to help get you out there. Visit one of Conlon Motorsports. Four locations across Alberta are online at conlonmotorsports.ca. The Kings, meanwhile, go 1 for 2 with the man advantage. So the Oilers' record now 30-17 and 1. The Kings bump their record up to 24-15 and 10. They've had some awful well maybe luck's not the right word but they <laughs> shootouts i mean shootouts and uh overtime have cost them some wins along the and, way as and well. reed this was a, a very important game for the kings if you think and i know that you like looking at the standings if the others win tonight it's seven point difference between these two teams with the others having a game in hand it's now it's just three points so the la kings now are at least in striking distance in their minds of the Edmonton Oilers and a berth in the playoffs in in the in the division, fighting for third spot. So that was this was a very important game. It was probably more important to the LA Kings, and, and, and it looked like that the way these two teams played. Again, and as I said to Bob, that every team that plays the Oilers right now, they play with utmost desperation because they know how good the Oilers are, and the LA Kings and the Vegas Golden Knights the last two games were outstanding in those games playing with the desperation that you see at playoff time because they know the Oilers are not going to get another team's B game at any time now the rest of the season. 4 nothing, the Kings with it. Let's go at the mic for Eclipse Restoration. Name one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit Eclipse247.ca. Head coach Chris Knobloch. Chris, uh, I guess simply I ask you, what was the difference tonight? Well, I think the second period, I thought we played really well and had our opportunities. I think the second period, just not able to capitalize. And, you know, the amount of chances that we had and we got outscored 2-0, I think that was um, hard for us. And then just, you know, during our winning streak, we, um, especially teams battle, like it was, we always came up on top or at least tied. I think there was a stretch since, um, I don't know, just mid-December that we went through that whole time without losing that special teams battle and now um tonight we lost it and you know that um 
just makes it harder to win, win games when that happens. It seemed like you couldn't find something. You couldn't find, I don't know, if it was the right goal at the right time, any, anything, the right save. Any, does it feel like that where just kind of everything went wrong that could have potentially? Well, in the uh, second period, uh, you know, there was a couple shifts that we I thought we generated a lot of momentum. It started with Fogel's line, and then there was Leon's line, and the one that just trickled over the net that was after the whistle. And, you know, we're building a game there, and we... Um, Drew some power plays, had some good looks there, just didn't go in. So, you know, I thought we played better as the game went on, but um, ultimately just didn't go our way. As a coach that puts a new line together, how long a runway do you give it? To, you know, you can't just judge it after one or two games. Do you give it a week? Do you give it two weeks, a month? What do you usually do? There's so many variables on determining that. One is how are they playing? Are they getting their chances? Are they getting um, given up goals? Um, and then the other one, probably a lot of times out of their control, is what's going on with the other lines. If everyone else is playing really well, well, they probably have to figure things out. And if uh, the other three lines look terrible, well, then it gets uh, mixed up. So um, yeah, there's, a, there's a lot of factors. Your thoughts on that line through two games? I think they've generated a lot of um, opportunities. I think McLeod's been playing really well. When Perry was there, they were creating some chances. Right now, Fogel's there. I thought Fogel's, that was his best game that I've seen from him for a while. So, yeah, we'll, we'll give it a little bit more time. Odyssey had this big streak before the break, lost two of three. How would you, how would you over, overall, these three games kind of assess your team's play? Well, I think the first game against... Um, Vegas was probably our best game and um, you know we won the second game and then tonight it was probably the game that we were finding ways to win during that streak and tonight it just wasn't enough and a lot of credit to LA how they played and definitely their goaltender played really well we got shut out but you know the amount of chances we had I thought we should have been able to put a few in yeah, you don't control the schedule obviously but do you feel like the break kind of came at a, at a lousy time for your team uh, who knows? You, you can't say that. We might be 0-3 if we didn't take the break. So it's um, it, we can't judge, judge that. Kings. And, yeah, Rob, I think, I mean, it's a 60-minute game. A lot happens. But I, I did think probably the last 11, 12 minutes of the second period that the Oilers couldn't break through there. When they had some pressure, I, I thought I thought that was key because LA went ahead two nothing, and I kind of left the second period thinking like, "Geez, the Oilers lost this period by two goals, and we're down around the LA net quite a bit, and had power play." I mean, they had basically, well, if you count the power play that continued into the third period, they had six minutes of power play time, down two nothing, and and, and plus and, some other good shifts, and couldn't get back in it. Well, and they had to play in the offensive zone for yeah. almost every all the power plays. Like it was a shooting gallery for a while. And there was, uh, and, and, and I like what Knobloch said when they were winning games and going on that long streak. A game like tonight, they found a way to win. The puck went in. The one that went across the line just after the whistle, it would have went in before the whistle went. The one that Drysaddle hits the post or the crossbar, and it would have hit the crossbar and in. So. Again, I, I don't think the Oilers played terrible in this game. I think that I, I think both teams played well. I think the Kings had a little bit more desperation, and part of it was when they were defending, and they defended a lot at times where they where their body was on the line. They were 
blocking everything, getting in, in shooting lanes. There was a great, uh, I, I think Louie talked about it on the telecast, where the puck was in the crease and Corey Perry's trying to get to it. And what a wonderful play by Matt Roy, who just wouldn't let him get to the puck, just using his body positioning. So those are the things that the desperation that the LA Kings played with. And again, they needed to. It's a team that has been awful for a long time, had their coach fired. When the Oilers made their coaching change, all of a sudden the desperation and attention to detail was better because they knew they had to be. And I think we saw that tonight in LA King team that cost a, a gentleman his job and they realized we have to be better. And tonight, I, the Kings aren't as talented as the Oilers, but their work ethic was very good tonight and their goaltending was outstanding. So uh, again, the, the effort that the Oilers put forward tonight would win them games. Uh, on a lot of nights. But tonight, they just ran into a team that had a very good goaltender and did whatever it took to win this hockey game. Yeah, 25 blocked shots uh, by the LA Kings tonight. Uh, The shot attempts in the game, so that's shots on goal, plus blocked shots, plus shots that went wide, were 68-42 in favor of the Oilers. So uh, basically three-fifths of the shot attempts the Oilers had, which is L.A. They did a good job getting in the way, Rob. I mean, you referenced a couple of the uh, blocks on shots by Bouchard, who had five shots on goal and six others blocked. So, and you know, those sting a little bit more when uh, when you block one of his. And I, I just thought L.A. too, uh, you know, good job, just desperate with sticks. You know, oh, it looks like a guy might be beaten. No, he's he's lunging. He's making his reach as long as he can just to disrupt the play for long enough. So they definitely did, uh, did answer the bell when they were getting hemmed in a little bit. They did. And also, there's a lot of second efforts that we saw by the LA Kings tonight where it looked like the Oilers had odd man breaks and the back checker or the back pressure was able to catch up to uh, some of the Oilers' faster players and disrupt what would look like clean odd man breaks. It would turn into uh, an odd man break with a, a guy forcing you to make the play before you want to make the play. So they were good all around the ice tonight, the LA Kings were. And having said that, there still were mistakes made by that team and the Oilers still had some really good looks. I do also think for both teams, the ice played a factor in tonight's hockey game. You talked about uh, a number of times that the Oilers kept the puck in on power plays. Part of it was mistakes by the Kings not getting the penalty-killing puck out, but also the puck just kept bouncing on them. It allowed the Oilers to have second and third chances. Connor McDavid twice came across, across the blue line in odd man situations and fumbled the puck outside of the blue line. Connor doesn't do that. So the ice wasn't good, but end of the day, the LA Kings won the game. They deserved to win the hockey game, but I still, I, I do disagree a little bit with Bob. I don't think the Oilers were horrible in this hockey game. I just think the Kings were a bit better. 4 nothing. Los Angeles takes it. So uh, Riddick gets the shutout and uh, two goals in the second period. Byfield scored in the third, and then he got an empty netter with 2.42 left. Uh, with the teams playing four-on-four, Knobloch pulled Skinner with 5.37 left. So you actually had a power play alignment, and then but the Kings could be called for icing, which they were three times in a row. The Oilers kept their offensive guys out there. I, I mean, I Rob, I know you're always a fan of pulling the goalie as early as possible and down three. I mean, why not? Does it matter if this game ends 3-0 or 4-0 or, or 3-1 if the Oilers would have got a goal? I mean, you might as well try and get one and see if you can pull it a miracle late. Well, yeah, well, I was actually surprised he didn't pull it right at the beginning of the power play. He waited till there was a minute gone. Over the or, four excuse four, me, right yeah. at the beginning of the 4-4. Four four. I would have pulled it right away. 
and played as long as I could as a five on four. A five on four is easier to score than a six on five, just because there's more ice, uh, more room to make passes. A six on five, there's it's clogged up, and we know how good the Oilers power play. So they more or less had a power play. It's funny on that. Uh, the Oilers did not take off their best players. I don't know what the shift length was, but Connor and Leon started the four and four and then stayed out for the six on five afterwards. So that had to have been well over a three and a half minute shift for those guys. And poor Drew Doughty and his D partner were stuck out there for over three minutes trying to defend that. And they just kept icing the puck. But uh, again, they had a number of good looks there too. And the one thing that really hurt the Oilers, and I'm not sure, I don't think they were going to come back in the hockey game if they did score a goal, but they had an exhausted, an exhausted LA King group, including Dowdy and his D partner. The puck went back to Evan Bouchard at the point. And again, bad ice, bobbled it, comes just outside the blue line, goes for an offside and allowed the LA Kings to change all their tired players. That was a huge play in a game that probably wasn't going to go the Oilers' way, but the Oilers did have an advantage there for a bit. So the Oilers shut out for the second time this season. Whenever they do score, James H. Brown injury lawyers are filling the net. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com with $100 to 630Ched Santa's Anonymous. Okay, you can get in touch at 780-496-0063. That's the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. You're also going to hear from Zach Hyman and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. For nothing, the Kings take it. This is Heartland 4 overtime open line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. Dowdy to Kempe. Dishing off Kopitar. In the slot. Fiala shot stop. The rebound wow. snared by Skinner on Drew Dowdy. And Stuart Skinner once again at the top of his game tonight. That is Skinner's save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. He takes the loss tonight. He makes 23 saves on 26 shots. Kings win at 4-0. David Riddick gets the shutout for L.A. He's the first star of the game. Quinton Byfield, couple of goals and an assist. He's the second star. And Pierre-Luc Dubois, Rob, who has been... Uh, Fairly criticized, uh, I guess maybe not fairly, heavily criticized for his mm-hmm. performance with the Kings this season. I talked to Daryl Evans uh, about him before the game uh, as well. He is the third star. We're going to give out the fourth star for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. Do you have uh, an oiler you want to give it to tonight? Um, yeah, I like I liked Corey Perry's game. I mean, that entire line was good. Uh, you could have given the, the four star for the Oilers from anyone on that line because that was the Oilers' best line by far. In back-to-back games, Corey Perry had a couple of good looks. Uh, he doesn't usually miss from where he, where Riddick made that save from. He got it up to, not as high as he wanted, but he did get it off the ice. But I thought Corey Perry had another strong night. All right, so the Oilers uh, all of a sudden have lost two of their last three since having a 16-game winning streak. And, yeah, Rob was referencing the standings. Just to update those, uh, Vancouver in control in the Pacific, 74 points. The Golden Knights with 68. The Oilers with 61. Now, the Oilers do have four games in hand on uh, both the Canucks and the Golden Knights, though that's a pretty big lead for Vancouver. And then the uh, L.A. Kings now the top wildcard team. They're up to 58 points 
and the Blues and the Predators both have 56 points. The Blues get the final playoff spot because they have two games in hand on the Preds and the Flames just one point back of that. So still, you know, 30 or more games left for most teams. But, uh, you know, just looking at those races here as we move along. 780-496-0063. We have Abbas on the line. Abbas, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey, guys. This game was entertaining. Unfortunately, Riddickle is awesome tonight, and Skin tried doing his best. I was surprised. Like, like he was taking out the game, and, and the owners couldn't score. Oh, when they pulled him? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's just a testament to how the Kings were were playing and again Riddick just made some good saves I mean there was that chance um, yeah that was with the goalie pulled Rob uh, that rebound went to Dreisaitl and he pulled it to his forehand and fired it and, I, and Riddick I, I don't even think knew where the puck was you know he was he made some good saves and he had a couple others where uh, you know he had his body he made himself as big as possible and the Oilers couldn't hit their spot so I mean well, hey, that's it, how it goes I mean the Oilers had saves like that when they were winning all those games well, yeah, and it's funny, again, uh, just like Calvin Pickard, who's made a name for himself here and, and solidified himself as the backup goalie for the Oilers, uh, Riddick, I, I mean, as far as I know, he's supposed to be the third-string goaltender. Uh, the, with Talbot's their number one. He's been struggling. The other kid's hurt. And Riddick was supposed to be their insurance as a third-line guy or third goalie, and he's come on and he's their starter now. He's outplayed Talbot. So... It shows that you do need three good goalies in your in your organization because injuries do happen. But I I, under, I completely understand and agree with the pull of Skinner early. Try to get as many opportunities with an extra man out there for Connor and Leon, and they got the looks. They got a number of good looks. Unfortunately for them, uh, Riddick was just a little bit better tonight. All right, let's go back to Los Angeles. Here's Oilers forward Zach Hyman. Just waiting for something good to happen, and it just couldn't make it happen find the break of the goal uh, I, mean, I think they just played better than us to be honest um, yeah we gotta make something happen out there obviously it wasn't all space um, they won the special teams battle and uh, yeah they won the game yeah they play they make you really work in the offensive zone like everything's along the boards and it's it's hard 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 work you gotta play the right way to beat this team I guess bring the right effort I mean, I don't think it was a lack of effort or anything like that. I think um, we've obviously won in this building before. You know, we've won against this team before. We know what it takes. Um, they're a good team. I mean, that's uh, really they're they're a good team over there too, and uh, they played better than us today. Everything that could have gone wrong basically did for you guys tonight. Uh, I mean. Uh, we could have probably had a couple, I think. Um, we had we had a look, so it wasn't like it was uh, like they dominated or anything like that. Uh, we had our looks. We couldn't score, obviously, and uh, and they were able to to capitalize. So. Coming off the break, obviously, you guys uh, have, have lost two of three. What it's a, it was a tough, I guess, to come back from a break like that, where you guys are actually winning a lot of games and obviously on that streak. No excuses. Um, everybody takes the break, right? Everybody goes on the break. These guys just cut off their break, so there's, I think it was their first game back. They have a new coach, so a lot of new things for them. Um, but, yeah, no excuses. Just have to, I mean, get back to playing. I mean, I think we are playing the right way. I just I think that tonight, uh, you know, they, they were a bit better. What is it with the new coach bump? 
Like, they got it tonight. They really played solid hockey. Yeah. Everyone gets it. What is it? Well, I mean, yeah, I think it's a fresh start for everybody. Everybody wants to make an impression on the new coach. And uh, even though it's, a, you know, it's an assistant coach who they're all familiar with who's taken on the head coach, um, you still have a new opportunity, right? Everybody starts the blank slate, a new opportunity. We've had it since I've been here twice. And, um, you know, that's, that's kind of what happens is everybody tries to play their very best it's not like because you know it's a new opportunity so notice any changes on what they were doing offensively just with the new coach or just basically the same team i think they just were they just worked uh seemed like they were all over the ice and i don't think they did anything differently all right that is zach hyman of your Edmonton Oilers says uh, the Oilers are shut out 4 nothing by the Los Angeles Kings this evening. Uh, Hyman going minus two. Three shots, three other shot attempts blocked. Two other shots went wide. Uh, he played 20 minutes and 51 seconds. He was uh, down low around the net, Rob, <laughs> fishing and jamming away like he usually does, but he couldn't get one to go this evening. Yeah, he was like all the other players on the Oilers, a little snake bit around the blue paint. Uh, they, the Oilers had a lot of looks that they've had in previous games that have found the back of the net. Tonight, they just didn't. Uh, there were some, I remember the one Hyman pulled out front. He's he's looking top shelf, and the back-checking forward just gets his stick just enough on it to deflect it up and over. Um as the Oilers have been getting those. Those ones have been going in for the Oilers as of late. Again, I, I, I liked how he explained it. He says, uh, yeah, it wasn't a lack of effort. They were just a little bit better than us tonight. And I think that's completely true. I think that they were just a little better than the Oilers. And the Oilers played well. I think the Oilers played better tonight than they did in some of their wins. Um, but uh, tonight they played an L.A. King team that had a new coach that is was falling out of the playoff race. Uh, and came out with an incredible desperation and did whatever it took to win a hockey game. So uh, the Oilers now just, they got to park it. They, they got a tough schedule coming up. And you, what the thing is, the Oilers, they've dropped two of three. You don't want it to turn into five out of six or, or six out of eight. Uh, I, you don't want to allow these teams that have fallen off in the, in the chase of you, you don't want to allow them to have a little bit of belief that they can come back and catch the Oilers. So... Uh, the Oilers have a big game on home ice against a, a good Detroit team. The next few games are against teams that are in wild card spots. The Oilers got to find a way to to come back and start going in the right direction again. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, like they did last night against Anaheim, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, now open for lunch at Edmonton South and West Edmonton Mall, an afternoon celebration for the senses. You can visit jvedmonton.ca. Rough night uh, for the Oil Kings as well. They lose 9-4 to Regina, the Oilers' farm team. Bakersfield losing 4-2 to San Jose. Rob, I'm hoping the Golden Bears won. I'm looking at this uh, right, right. I'm just looking at the email for the first time. Breaking news for me, though some people have probably seen. Last night, by the way, the Golden Bears hockey team lost to Trinity Western for the first time ever. Uh, first loss in eight tries. Uh, they bounce back tonight with a uh, 7-2 win. Bears finish the season 18-8-2. They're going to visit Saskatchewan next weekend in a best of three. Looking around the NHL for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals, visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. It is the Hurricanes wearing Hartford Whalers uniforms, beating the Devils 1-0 in overtime. Blaine Stoughton with the game winner, Rob. 
<laughs> was it assisted by Davy Keon? Davy Keon and Verbeek. Yes, that's, that was the goal. No, it was Sebastian Ajo with the goal. Lightning over the Blue Jackets, 4-2. Predators beat the Coyotes, 5-4 in overtime. Jets, after a couple tough games, beat the Penguins, 2-1. Flyers knock off the Kraken, 3-2. Uh, Panthers beat the Avalanche 4-0. Avs are having a bit of a tough goal lately. Capitals over the Bruins, 3-zip. Uyghur, a hat-trick for the Flames, who beat the Islanders, 5-2. Red Wings win on a penalty shot in overtime by Wallman, 4-3. The Wings take it over Vancouver. Blues beat the Sabres, 3-1. Dallas wins 3-2 in Montreal. And Maple Leafs lose 5-3 to the Senators. Rob, with about five seconds left, Ridley Gregg scores an empty netter. All alone, takes a slap shot from... uh, Basically, between the hash marks on the top of the crease, Morgan Riley goes after him, cross-checks him in the head. Um, I, I think I saw Kelly Rudy uh, on Hockey in Canada. You might have been on with Bob at the time, saying that he thinks that should be, I think he said either five or six games or six or seven. Well, it, uh, it, should, but, it should be a suspension, 100%. I, and I don't understand the anger on it. Um, the kid had a breakaway on an empty net. Uh, he, he didn't go between his legs and show up someone by going between or or turning his stick. Oops, easy. Do we still have your up? Okay, we might have lost Rob's connection. We'll th- sorry, I, I'm back. Reed, okay. sorry about that. No problem. Uh, but he didn't he didn't turn his stick over and shoot it in with the the knob of his stick. He went and he took a slap shot. Who cares? I, I don't understand why you're so angry. A guy took a slap shot. Didn't look at you. Didn't point at you. Didn't make fun of you. He took a slap shot from five feet out. There's no difference between taking that or a wrist shot or flipping it. And Morgan Riley is the Toronto Maple Leafs' best defenseman. And it is a big difference between him and the next best defenseman. For him to go and cross-check him in the face, if he gets suspended for any amount of time, the Leafs are not comfortable in a playoff position in the Eastern Conference. And if they lose their guy that plays 24 minutes a night, because you went and cross-checked a guy across the head because you were mad because he took a slap shot? I mean, that's just dumb. I like Morgan Riley. He's a fantastic defenseman, but it was, and it's a guy that, I mean, I think it was Ridley Gregg. I mean, most people don't even know who he is, so it's not like it's Corey Perry or Evander Kane or someone that's got a reputation. So to me, it makes no, no sense why Morgan Riley did this. And it's going to cost him and his team a bunch of games. Okay, so I'll play uh, devil's advocate. I, I mean, because we're going to, and I've seen some stuff on Twitter. Well, you know, there's the code. You know, like some some people define that as as showing up the Leafs, just the way he scored he scored that goal. You're, you're well, fine. I've, I've, seen, I've, seen, I've seen other players take slap shots. Into, I mean, it, I've played the game. If a guy takes a slap shot, I don't care he takes a slap shot. I mean, showing up, showing up a team is when you're winning eight by eight goals and then you do a lacrosse move from behind the net. <laughs> That's showing up a team. Taking a slap shot from five feet in front of the net, what does it matter? To me, I've played the game for, I've played pro for 16 years. I mean, I wouldn't even have noticed if a guy did that. So I have no idea why Morgan Riley would be that mad. And how did it turn out for Morgan Riley? He could get suspended five games because some guy took a slap shot. So it's just dumb. All right, 780-496-0063. We got Rocket on the line as the Oilers lose 4-0 in L.A. Rocket, go ahead, please. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Rob. I thought that was uh, absolutely ludicrous. Like, who cares if you push it in the net or roll it in the net or kick it in the net? Like, who gives a crap at that point? There's like four seconds left on the clock. That was 
that was vicious. It was intentful. But that's not actually what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about is the Oilers' de-pairings. And I just want your opinion on a couple of moves. First, moving Perry up to the Kane dry sidle line, awesome move. Like, I, I love that line. It's big. It's heavy. Uh, they were effective again tonight. Ryan McLeod looked really good. I didn't think McDavid in that line looked very good at all. But the two D pairings that I got a real problem with right now are DeHarnay and Nurse. And I do not understand. I understand why they switched them up to get a different look. But when that look isn't working and you're in the game and you want two points, this isn't an experiment. You're in sixth place. You're not in a playoff spot. Yes, you have games in hand, but this is not an experiment, and it wasn't working, and they kept with it again. And I just want your opinion on what you think of those two together because it ain't working, in my opinion. Thanks, Roger. I said right from the beginning when they made the announcement on Twitter, I saw on Twitter that they changed the defensive pairing. I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't understand that one. This is the best defensive team I've ever seen the others have in my 18 years being here. And they've had six healthy defensemen and they've played all together the entire year. They've gone 14 and then take away their empty net goal, 15 games in a row with two goals or less. I never understood what they were think why they changed it. I, I just didn't. Uh, it didn't make any sense to me then. Still doesn't. You had success and you had things that worked. I understood the Perry thing and I got no problem with forwards moving occasionally. But defensive pairings, they love playing together. They enjoy, they, you need chemistry to, to understand where to be. It, it's, you make a mistake as a defenseman, all of a sudden it's in the back of your net. So, yeah, I don't understand it. Uh, that's something that they talked about in the coach's room. They probably have a reason that none of us have figured out. And knowing Chris Knobloch is probably a good reason. But from the outside, I don't understand why they did it. That's our adjustment of the game for Modern Measure, Edmonton's leading provider of made-to-measure clothing located in the heart of Ice District and at modernmeasure.com. And I kind of focused on the deep pairings, Rob, with the uh, set-the-line for River Cree Resort and Casino Excitement bet on it. Day got to almost 20 minutes in ice time yesterday, so I set the line at 19 minutes for Vinny. He is well under at 13.10, so Darcy gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. You're still going to hear from the Nuge as the Oilers fall 4-0 in Los Angeles. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. Dubois and Lewis giving the Kings control of this game. They scored 49 seconds apart early in the second period. Byfield scored on a rebound in the third, and then he got an empty netter. So LA four, Edmonton nothing is the final. The Oilers are now 30, 17 and one on the season. Their road record 14 and 11. The Kings uh, weird looking home record 9, 9 and 6. So they haven't been great at home, uh, and they are now 24, 15 and 10 on the season. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Sheldon on the line. Good evening, Sheldon. Go ahead. Hello, hello. Hey. 
Hey, glad to uh, talk with you guys. And um, yeah, uh, I might. Uh, I've been uh, drinking a slurpee, so apologies if my uh, words don't come out quite <laughs> clear. But uh, hey, <laughs> hey, I was just listening on my way home. Um, uh, but uh, the. Uh, when you mentioned the Morgan Riley uh, hit, yeah, um, I, I just looked it up on YouTube, and uh, uh, it shows you know the before and after. And um, I know, I don't, I don't know from my perspective that uh, <laughs> what uh, what uh, the player did in taking the slap shot was just an entire like slap in the face, like it was an entire antagonistic play and so i can i can entirely what, 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 what was antagonistic anybody. about taking a slap shot on an empty net oh come on what's I the mean, difference between I mean, that taking a wrist shot a wrist shot sure sure but, but like, that was an me, entire slap in the face that was but, anybody anybody i know who plays hockey and i played hockey but a, a lot i i can't think of anybody who wouldn't take offense at that, at, at being I, just like uh, just like a slap in the face to I, I you know, see. I don't understand. Down. I really don't understand that. If a guy takes a slap shot, takes a wrist shot, takes flips the puck, what does it matter? He just scored into an empty net on a breakaway. I, I don't. I if he put it between his legs, or if he flipped up and bowed it and carried it on his stick, bouncing it up and down and shot it in, I could understand that. But he, he went down the emotion of the game. He slapped the puck. That was a big goal. Ottawa needed the win. I mean, yeah. Morgan Riley is going to be suspended. He will. The, I, I he, will say this. I will say this. I, I think Riley's reaction was over the top, and he should be suspended. I, I, I understand what you're saying, Rob, but I, I think I, I would think Ridley Gregg knows he's doing something a little cheeky in that situation. I disagree. He's, he's doing something unusual. I disagree. I, I think he's the emotion of the game. He's he's about to score a goal to put Toronto out. Okay, a big how win many slap shots he's, and empty nets have you seen this year in the NHL? I've seen I've one. seen them. From it, that the, range. The excitement level, 100%. I, From that range. Okay, sh- so, send me the tape. Well, I don't have tape. Because <laughs> like, there aren't send any. Me the tape. He knew what he was doing. He was being cheeky. No, I'm not saying I, I he just, deserved just, to get attacked. I disagree, and I thought it was I, really if if someone on the uh, if tonight if the L.A. Kings went down and took a slap shot into the empty net, that would bother you. Oh, it doesn't matter if it bothers me or not. I, I, it, 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 it's it's something that is unconventional in that situation in the game. I, I don't see that at all. I played 16 years. I've seen people take slap shots into empty nets. Oh, I'm, I've seen I'm, guys I'm go sure, down and try I'm to sure go bar down. And I bet you you had teammates that didn't like it. No, I've never, I've never had anyone have an issue with it ever. That's what I was so shocked by it tonight. Okay, so why weird. didn't Evander Kane take a full slap shot last night? Well, I mean, it's up to the individual, whatever he wants to do. I don't care. I've seen, I saw Ally Frady on a breakaway on an empty net and shot it in the corner. He said that real men don't score in empty nets. <laughs> I, so, that's I mean. A, that's a totally different take. No, but it, uh, to me, it, I, I, I don't know why that would affect you. Why anyone would care if someone took a slap shot. The game is over. He beat you. The other team was better than you all night long. That's why they had. That's why you had okay, to pull so your goal. Okay, so why did Morgan Riley care in that situation? Then I don't know. That's what I'm shocked. And how dumb does he look now when he's going to be suspended? What if the Oilers miss the playoffs by a point because five games they lose five games in a row while Morgan Riley's out of the lineup? Was it worth it? Because some kid took a slap shot into an empty net. All right. Well, the bottom line is Riley's going to get suspended. Oh, he and, sh- and, he, and should. he should. That 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 looked pretty bad. All right, we got Aiden on the line as well. Aiden, go ahead. 
Okay, yeah. So my take on the whole Senators and uh, Leafs end of the game there is if you don't want to get scored on with a slap shot and an empty net, you shouldn't have let the guy have a breakaway in the first place, right? Um, it, it seems crazy to me that there's even a debate about this. You can score any way you want. And sure, it's like cocky, but whatever. Like, you have earned the right to do whatever you want to score the goal. Um, second thing here, and this is a question sort of more about the Oilers, is, I mean, not a fantastic performance tonight. If we were to move somebody or to, to upgrade at the deadline, some salary is going to have to go out. Who would you guys think that salary is going to be? Uh, that's a good question. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure the Oilers would love it to be Jack Campbell's and you have $5 million. Um, honestly, I, I, I don't know. Uh, the names that have been thrown around the most have been CC and Fogel. And I, I don't really know if I agree with that. I think losing CC, then you got to bring back two defensemen because I think the Oilers are one defenseman short already. Uh, and Fogel's played his best hockey as an Oiler this year. So I... I, I, I they're, they're probably going to have, if they're going to bring someone in with any kind of salary, they're probably going to have to have another team or the team they're trading with retain salary, which means you're going to have to give more, whether it's draft picks or prospects. Um, but this is a team that has played very, very well for a long period of time. Uh, the, the, the players that are the Oilers' best, you don't want to get rid of, and the players that are in their bottom three or four don't make enough money to make a difference and you not probably most teams aren't going to take them anyway. So it, it's a good question. I'm not sure what the answer would be. I, I, I think you gave the right answer, Rob. I think it would be Jack Campbell. If you could possibly that, do that. If you like, if the question is which, which contract would you move to free up money? Well, I mean, it's a, it's a $5 million of a guy yeah, that you're not using. And right, right, right now he's not a contributing member of, of the NHL team. Now again, maybe he will be, or may, maybe he'll get some games, but um, I, again, like I was saying last night, if you move Fogel for a defenseman, well, then you're missing a forward. If you move CC for a forward, then you're missing a defenseman. If you move Fogel for a better forward, you probably can't afford that forward coming back, or you're or giving up. I mean, I guess you could give up prospects and picks too. Those are going to be in play, but that's why trading those two guys is to me a bit of a dicey proposition yeah 100 percent. i I, and and you and i both agree that we think the Oilers are at least one defenseman short right now just they need someone they need a veteran presence with experience in case there's an injury come playoff time so if you were to move cc and i we you and i looked at the one article cc forgets it makes sense well does it because now you need two defensemen yeah so, uh, yeah, I, the, uh, it'll be interesting. I mean, this is why uh, Ken Holland makes the big money, so he can figure out what the Oilers need and be able to find a way to get that need. Well, be, and then that's what we've been saying. If Broberg's the next defenseman, and yep. he's probably going to be in the NHL someday, uh, but right now we don't know. And I mean, if he's, well, you could put Broberg in a situation where it's like, okay. This player's hurt. You got to go in and fill in for him. Oh, by the way, we're trailing this series three games to two, right? Like that's, <laughs> you'd sooner have more of a security blanket than that, I would think. Well, and if you're talking an injury to a Bouchard or an Ekholm or a Nurse, those are guys that play over 20 minutes a night. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, 
Broberg's coming up. He's not filling that spot. Now you're moving a Kulak up to play 20 minutes a night. And then Broberg's in there. Broberg hasn't proven he can play at the National Hockey League level at a consistent basis yet. So that's what uh, I, I, I just don't want that to be your only option. I think the Oilers, uh, the teams in the playoffs, sometimes they lose two defensemen. And now all of a sudden you got Broberg. I don't even know who the next guy would be for the Edmonton Oilers. So uh, I, I think that a veteran defenseman with some experience is what the Oilers, and in all honesty, read what almost every team that's going to be in the playoffs will be looking for depth defensemen that they can carry in the playoffs because you always want to have extras. All right. The Oilers uh, have lost 4 nothing to the Los Angeles Kings. We'll take a break, and then you'll hear from Ryan Nugent Hopkins. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Chad. Well, it is now officially... Super Bowl Sunday, 38 seconds after midnight. How are you doing? Kings beat the Oilers 4-0. Here's Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Ryan, it looked like a little bit of a slow start for your group. Did it feel like you guys were chasing the game all throughout the 60 minutes tonight at all? Uh, I actually thought um, in the first period we did a pretty good job of uh, uh, managing the game. Uh, we, we knew they were going to come out uh, pretty fast. Um couple changes for them and obviously just coming back from the rig so um i'm zero zero going into the into the second and then kind of just special teams um they get the one and we can't find one so um <clears throat> i thought we did a pretty good job early and then uh tough to tough to chase it uh, against that, that team yeah those two goals in quick succession there pretty hard to come back from i guess yeah i thought we stuck with it and we had lots of chances i thought uh Leo's line had some great looks in the second. Um, I mean, I know Clowder's line, same thing, and uh, we, we just couldn't find it. Um, but definitely, uh, they're not going to give you anything easy, and uh, you're going to have to work for every opportunity they get. It's not like you didn't have chances, like you said, but it's just one of those games where everything that could have gone wrong kind of did, but nothing really went right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think still we we could could have played a better better game overall, but. Um, Obviously, I think uh, if we capitalize on the, the power play, um, the game probably uh, takes a different shape. Riddick was good, too. Yeah, made some saves when, when he needed them to, uh, or when, he, when they needed him to. Um, I thought Stu played very solid for us and gave us a chance. And um, Yeah, I mean, we just couldn't, couldn't find that one to kind of get us going. Kind <coughs> of. That break hit the at the worst time for you guys. Is it? Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's obviously when you're rolling like that, it's not not ideal, but it's the way it is. I mean, you can't control. It. There's no excuse. I mean, it's just. Uh, I actually thought against Vegas, we we played solid, and then uh, last night we we battled, and we're gonna have to find it again here. So uh, definitely no excuses, and uh, want to get the second half rolling. How tough is it coming into a building with a new coach and kind of that new coach bump? Yeah, well, I, I definitely think it's it's a real thing. Um, I think it's a bit of a message to the team, and the players want to step up and uh, and play as well as they can for the new guys stepping in. So um, I've experienced it before. Um, so uh, I know that it's, you definitely feel that, and uh, you want to play well for the new guy. Okay, that's Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He and his teammates unable to score tonight. David Riddick, very strong for the Kings. He makes 27 saves for his first shutout of the season, and the Kings win their first game under 
interim head coach Jim Hiller. 4 nothing is the final. Get more on this one on globalnews.ca or 630ched.com. Our next game broadcast presented by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers is on Tuesday. The Oilers are back home just for a single game before they hit the road again. They're playing Detroit at Rogers Place. 5.30 face-off show game at 7 here on 630ched. Big thanks to Angie Quinnell, our studio producer this evening. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.